Welcome to the Insurance Talk with Galizano Insurance Podcast. Here's your host, Margaret Galuski. Well, welcome back, Charlie McDermott, the co-host of the show back in the Galizano Insurance Studio with Margaret. Margaret, how are you doing today? Great. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm getting into the Christmas festivity spirit. I, my goodness, this is like the 19th of December. I better. It's time. It's the final week, so get everything done. <laughs> Are you feeling the pressure? The pressure of getting everything done? You know, not this year. I, the, for the yeah. first time in a long time, I just I, I think we're just enjoying the season, especially yeah. after everything that's happened. So for some reason, I'll probably feel it on the 23rd, but I'm not feeling that panic yet. Yeah. Plenty of time, man. Plenty know, of time. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm... I'm uh, Somewhat relaxed, but then again, <clears throat> um, Barb does most of the work, so yeah. <laughs> Thank God for Barb, right? I feel guilty saying I'm somewhat relaxed because I'm really very <laughs> relaxed. I just feel really guilty saying that. Okay. Um. <laughs> oh man, I'm very lucky. Uh, anyway, uh, we are speaking of of lucky and maybe not so lucky, uh, and you've mentioned the. Uh, hurricane or what we've been through, which in my mind is hurricane, 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 Absolutely. you know, mm-hmm. impacted as we're, I don't know what the number is, you know, tens of thousands, maybe six figures uh, impacted one way or another and uh, impacted to the point where they've had to make that call to the insurance company and, and, you know, make claims and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, some, it's flowing as it should, and many, many others are maybe not so uh, fortunate. Uh, so what do you think about delving into that whole claims process, maybe educating the listeners and, you know, how that works in the reality one? You know, this, I mean, I get it. You know, this monster storm hits, and and I don't even know how, how to even plan for something like that from a, you know, a claim standpoint. But You know, and that's the thing. It's 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 upsetting enough. A lot of people never had a claim before, and yeah. this is their first time having a claim. And when there's such a catastrophe like we've experienced here, and the carriers are inundated with claims and maybe not always getting it right on the first go around, it can be overwhelming and frustrating and emotional. I mean, I'm, we are dealing with that in this office on a daily basis mm. of... Mm people frustrated that, um, you know, the adjuster might've missed something or it's not in the report. They think when they get a check that if they don't cash the check, then, you know, that's, if they do cash the check, that that's the final offer and they're not going to get any more money. And that's why I want to talk about this because as an agent, I need to do a better job educating my clients on what to expect, what to do, and how to use their agent as a resource instead of maybe running to an expensive public adjuster or, you know, an attorney where they think that that's going to be a faster process. And it's just not always the case because of how inundated these carriers are and trying Mm -hmm. to process these claims. So it's a complicated component. I mean, I just spoke to a neighbor yesterday who, you know, said that he hired a public adjuster because he didn't get enough from his company. And I asked him, well, did you call them? And did you provide estimates? And did you tell them you don't feel like this is enough? 
And he said, well, how do I do that? And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, that's where it's so important to either have an agent or know what your rights are before you go giving away, say, 10% of your claim to a public adjuster. If you have that, then great. You know, and if it's easier for you, I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying that there are other options that people should be aware of. Because if that public adjuster gets you $100,000, your insurance company and future insurance companies are going to want to see proof of professional repairs. So that's the big question that I'm getting. Um, Can I pull a permit and do my own roof? Well, honestly, if you want insurance in the future, I don't advise on that. I mean, I advise against that because the carriers want to see permits pulled and they want to see proof of professional repairs or it could impact insurability in the future. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Good stuff. So, um, yeah, we're we're hearing a lot of commercials about public adjusters, uh, you know, Fort Myers Beach, you know, we're, we're on our property cleaning up and people are pulling up in cars and dropping off business cards. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, I, I look at public adjusters like like many tools. I mean, it's one of those I, I have a toolbox and there are certain tools I I may not use for five years or never. And there are other tools I use all the time. So what yeah. you're saying, hey, this this is one of those tools that, yeah, you know, if if you need it, pull it out and use it. But they're there are other maybe steps you want to take first to, to say, is that the typical arrangement? 10% of the, the insurance. It's capped. I mean, in a hurricane, it's usually capped at 10%. They can, okay. I don't, you know, outside of a hurricane related loss, they, I think it's 20% um, is the max they can get, but that's negotiable too. So, mm. and the other important fact that when people go to a public adjuster, once you sign over that you're represented by an attorney or a public adjuster, Now, when you call me as the agent or you call the carrier, they have to deal with the public adjuster. That's why you hire the public adjuster. So if you're someone who wants answers from the the company or wants your agent to call on your behalf, we are legally obligated to step back once we learn Mm -hmm. that there's a public adjuster involved. So Uh sometimes clients will call me wanting help because their public adjuster isn't calling back and there's nothing I can do about that. That's, yeah. you know, the agreement that, that they signed between them and the public adjuster. So, and a lot of people don't understand that until they're in it. And the other mm-hmm. thing about a public adjuster, depending on the agreement you sign, they could be responsible for choosing your contractors. I got a call the other day from a client, very upset that they could have had some repairs done from their contractor of choice but they got a phone call that they're not allowed to use their contractor of choice. So you really have to be careful what you sign. So I asked them, well, did you sign that? Well, they didn't give me a copy of my agreement. I am amazed at how many people are signing on, you know, and not getting a copy of their signed agreement and having it handy. So that's, that's my biggest recommendation there too. understand what you're signing you know, don't, don't sign something that you, you're not familiar with. And you use the, you know, both I, I'm hearing the adjuster and the attorney. So, you know, that is that one and the same at the end of the day, 
the no, that's, a, that's okay. a great question. So um, I'm hearing more with Ian public adjusters, not mm -hmm. so much attorneys. On the attorney side, we've, we've been seeing with the, um, when people sign the assignment of benefits and then they, in that assignment of benefits, they give that roofing company permission to use their attorneys to sue the insurance company. So kind of two different things there. So, and there are assignment of benefits going on as well, where when you sign away your rights to your policy, you are now giving whatever company you signed up with permission to file a lawsuit on your behalf. And, you know, closing that claim is no longer up to you. It is up to that company that you sign the assignment of benefits with. Wow. So again, the assignment of benefits is also a big thing going on with contractors. Another one I've seen is direct payment going right to the roofing company instead of coming to you. And again, I, I have hesitation for myself with that because what if you're on the list for 12 months to get a roof if you don't know when it's coming? Now that mm -hmm. roofing company has your money from your insurance company that you pay premium for. And now you have no control. If you can get someone to do it sooner, you've signed over direct payment to whoever roofing company. Wow. That's a really good point. Okay. And then, and then you mentioned, I may not get this correct, but it sounded like you said you don't have um, the ability to close out the consumer. I'm going to just say uh, the claim that, um, you know, in this case, we're talking about the roofer, the roofer uh, mm -hmm. would. Um, but does the consumer have the ability to say, hey, you know, that's not a good enough uh, reimbursement or, or how does how does that so work? It really depends on what they signed. They usually when you sign mm -hmm. an assignment of benefits, you've signed away your rights for that loss to that company to represent you. And again, I can't help them. Carrier usually can't speak to them other than general questions, but I've had people where, you know, if the, if they were arguing with the insurance company and then let's say they wanted to just sell their house and move on, make the repairs. Well, I've seen where they wouldn't close the claim. And now you can't, if you want to sell your house or if you want to go get insurance somewhere else, let's say we have a lot of carriers that are pulling out of the state. So people are, being faced with needing new insurance and being non-renewed. If you have an open claim on your house and you're not in control of that, who's going to insure you? <laughs> and that's the, that's what we could all be looking at in the future because it's not uncommon after a storm. We don't know what carriers are going to stay, decide to reduce exposure. So, you know, it's best to get the repairs made as soon as possible. Licensed professionals, Permits. If a permit isn't pulled for um, a repair, it didn't happen in the insurance world. So they're going to take, you know, for example, if you were, if you decide to replace your electrical panel, you don't pull a permit. You just bought it and did it yourself. Then the carrier is going to take the original age of that. Same thing with a roof. You know, it's really important, whatever you're pulling permits for, to keep records of that. And the other thing is the last time... Um, back in 2004 with Hurricane Charlie, a lot of people were pulling roof permits, but it didn't always get updated on the county side. So I am advising people to please keep copies of your finalized permit 
send it to your agent so we can make it part of your file. And that way, if it doesn't get, you know, filed correctly with the city, at least you have it because you're going to need it, whether you need a new wind mitigation inspection or, um, you know, you want to get new insurance, you want proof of that completed and passed final permit. Okay. Okay. Wow. Good stuff. So how about then what I'm sure you and your team are, are dealing with on a daily basis? Uh, I haven't hired an adjuster or an attorney, um, mm -hmm. but I am patiently waiting for a reply back from, you know, that the power to be that insurance company, the claims adjuster, whomever it is, there are a lot of different pieces to this. Mm -hmm. How do you handle that? What's your recommendation then to the listeners? So I use myself as an example. I'm going through it as well. My house was hit. Um, my field adjuster was out. And when we got the report of the explanation of, you know, they send you a line by line explanation of the repairs that they're doing, probably half of the um, damages were left out of my own report. Mm. So what I did, I got in touch with my desk adjuster and I'm on my fifth one, maybe my sixth. I've lost count mm. to be quite honest. And it's been reassigned. And I explained, I started sending estimates to say, you know, I can't replace it for this. Um, here's the estimate. I actually got a call this Sunday saying that, yes, we're going to send out another field adjuster. That was my request to say, come back out. I think you missed some stuff. Mm -hmm. Let's work together. Um, and, and they've accommodated me. They, you know, mm -hmm. when you're willing to work with your insurance company, usually they are willing to work with you. Sometimes yeah. you, I get phone calls that, you know, these adjusters are, you know, they're, if they're on the phone all the time, then how are they processing their claims? So I, I have to be sympathetic yeah. to that as well when they're answering so many questions and people need answers. And, you know, so it's, it's a balancing act, yeah. but the best advice I can give is people should be getting estimates to repair their homes anyway, so that when you get that explanation, you are armed with the information. Okay. I can't replace it for what they allowed for. And usually if you go back to them and you show them reasonable and customary charges today, what it will mm -hmm. cost today, they are usually negotiable there and they usually can see that. So I'm not going to say they get it right on the first time, but that doesn't mean they won't get it right and they mm -hmm. won't hear you. Then if they don't, that's when I say, okay, you might have to go another avenue if you've tried yeah. if you've tried using these tools. Then you might have to go another avenue. But documentation, 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 everything in writing, when you speak to them, document it on the phone. And then follow it up with an email. Here's my receipts. And that's what we are trying to help our clients do. That's what I'm doing for my own house. We don't get any special treatment, um, you know, because we're in the business or anything like that. We, we are just in line like everybody else. Yeah. So in a, a and again, this is, this is unprecedented, um, but just maybe to set realistic expectations uh, assuming that you don't bring an adjuster or not, um, yeah, an adjuster in and all that, and that, that you go through this process from the time the storm hits to the time where you get 
money in the bank, mm -hmm. you know, check in the mail, whatever it is. What, what's your estimate? What's, what's reasonable, would you say? <sighs> to me, um, it, for, for, for a lot of people, including myself, I'm still waiting for my check. It, yeah. it was lost in the mail. I had to wait another 20 days. Yeah. So reasonably, you know, three months after the storm, I'm in agreement with my clients and you, we should see something by now. Um, yeah. Legally, they have 90 days to respond. There's been some changes in legislation that are going to be approved. They're going to have to figure out a way to speed this up because it is difficult to get put back together. The other challenge, though, is there's not enough contractors right now to get to us. I, I've been, you know, I hear it. I'm living it. Getting callbacks is next to impossible. Yeah. So we are in, this is a different type yeah. of circumstance, you know, in trying to be fair to the carriers. One other thing, Charlie, that I do want to talk about is um, mm -hmm. a lot of times the insurance companies will hold back some money. So when people are just getting the check, without that explanation, they are allowed to hold back what's called recoverable depreciation. So on in one line, they'll say what the replacement cost is. And then in another line, they'll say what the actual cash value is. And then when you show proof of the repair, they'll reimburse you the difference. So huh. a lot of times people don't realize that once you show, and it's at the company's discretion, I see it held back more often than I don't. So they don't always hold it back. Sometimes they'll send it. But a lot of times that's just their way of saying, please send us proof of the professional repairs and we will reimburse you the difference. I think my roof had a holdback of about $9,000. When I show proof of the repair, then I will get that money back. Okay. Wow. Wow. So here's, here's one. And this is a bit out of the box, but mm -hmm. you know, not so much on places like Fort Myers Beach where, um, you know, just two weeks ago, we saw a bunch of for sale signs. Um, and, you know, for the resident that just says, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I can't, yeah. Irma, Irma was five years ago. We replaced drywall yeah. and all of that. And, and um, you know, to do it again and then maybe again, uh, because the options, real you know, in, in our specific community, it, it, primarily ranchers, you know, so sure. many of them are faced with having to raise their homes. So what, what happens, Margaret, in a case like that, where, where someone sells ahead of maybe getting that reimbursement? That's a great question. There's, there's a couple of things. Usually it's going to be, a, it's going to have to be a cash sale because no bank is going to close on a property that's in need of repair. Mm. Um, and the insurability of that property, it's, it's going to be challenging because usually we can write what's called a vacant and under renovation policy, but because of this hurricane, our usual carriers are, we still have options, but they're limited. So yeah. there's going to be limited choices due to Ian, if wind coverage is available, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a challenge for whoever wants to buy that property. And then if they do choose to purchase it, it goes back to, I know I sound like a broken record, but it goes back to 
professional repairs. Companies do not want to insure do-it-yourself properties. They just don't want it. My guess is that, that they buy and they're just going to tear it down and build it right the right way. Yeah. 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 And then the, to today's codes. Yeah. And then for the, for the homeowner that hasn't been reimbursed yet, but just says, Hey, you know, get out while the, the going's good. Are they, uh, you know, how do, how does the insurance play into all that? Does it depend on who the carrier is or, or. Uh, That's actually a really great question because usually if someone, ha- you know, a lot of times people will self-insure their property so they can sell it. But usually, and again, the carrier has 90 days to to respond from, from the date of the claim being filed. Yeah. But usually by then, and I have seen some people selling, but it's always come up that I can't insure this property. I had a client that wanted to close on the property. It was a cash deal. And I told him, with that open claim, this could be an issue for you. So whoever is buying these properties, if that claim is open, my recommendation is that they don't purchase that house until that claim is closed. Because then what recourse do they have in trying to get insurance in the future? If there's an open claim on a property and it's all shared information. I mean, they get this information. It is specific to the property. So again, it goes back to that property being insurable. So for those cash buyers out there, beware. Yeah, yeah. Very, very interesting. Boy, whole nother world. Uh, <laughs> People yeah. say insurance is boring. <laughs> I, you know, you took the words out of my mouth. I was just going to say that. Who knew? Oh, my goodness. Any other uh, final words of advice for uh, those uh, dealing with whether it's Hurricane Ian recently or future you know, catastrophes, uh, uh, anything uh, more you want to share? Just really quick. I got a call the other day and, you know, it goes to the, the 2% hurricane deductible. It was someone not insured through this office, but was very disappointed that they didn't understand their coverage. So, you know, people say insurance is boring and it, it is until you're dealing with something like this. So the time to really ask the questions and, you know, make sure you're protected, especially in a hurricane prone state. But we have other things like fires, burglaries, water losses. Just take the time to call and ask those questions. Um, Shop coverage as well as price. And that's my biggest takeaway. And then use the resources of your agent, of your carrier for them to help you. That's what we're here for. And you know, that's what the carriers want to see as well. Love it. Love it. Well, Margaret, thank you once again. Uh, this has been very, very insightful. And uh, we wish you the best both personally and uh, getting those claims uh, through. And, and obviously, you know, uh, our thoughts with, with you and your team, because I know this this is a very stressful time. You you go out of your way. I mean, you're doing this podcast to help educate not only your clients, but, but folks all over. Uh, sure. And um, that... Uh, you, you and everyone else are putting a lot of time into this and we're dealing with folks who are upset, um, you know, very, very, um, you know, emotional at times, I'm sure. And uh, uh, so, so thanks for, for all you do and all your team does. And uh, thank you. We'll yeah. uh, see you in the next episode after the I will holiday. See you. 
after Christmas and possibly yeah. what next year. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, Margaret. Best to you. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Charlie. Thank you for listening to the Insurance Talk with Galazano Insurance Podcast. To learn more about Galazano Insurance, go to www.galazano.com. That's www.galazano.com or call 239-202-0233.